1882, a teenager was celebrated for risking her life heroically, rescuing shipwrecked sailors in a cold autumn storm. Before passing out, one rescued sailor whispered, Oh my God, we're saved by a girl. You're listening to Backyard History, the hidden stories that happened in your own backyard. The podcast version of the weekly history column running in newspapers across the Maritimes with your host and author, Andrew McLean. Bertha Boyd never wanted to be famous and was mortified to find her name being recounted along with Canadian heroines like Laura Secord, Abigail Becker, and Sarah Maxwell. Her sudden rise to national fame certainly wasn't her doing. She never talked about what she'd done. Word only got out after a local politician named G.F. Hill, who had opposed Confederation with Canada, brought up the daring rescue she had earlier done to a reporter for a small St. Stephen newspaper in the context of how Canada's federal government was treating her unfairly. It was then a year after she'd quietly rescued the shipwrecked sailors. Her father, a lighthouse keeper, had just died. Despite his having trained Bertha to follow in his footsteps, the family was now being evicted from their lighthouse home by the federal government because women weren't allowed to be lighthouse keepers. In a very modern sense, This small local story in a tiny St. Stephen newspaper rapidly went viral and was reprinted in newspapers all across Canada and the United States. Kate Upson Clark, a writer for the St. John newspaper, The Daily Telegraph, set off to the Spruce Point Lighthouse Bertha Boyd called home to interview her. However, She found that Bertha Boyd refused to talk about the rescue, telling her, Please don't speak of it. I did nothing worth describing. It was a pretty firm rejection. But reporter Kate Upson Clark was completely undeterred, writing in her notes, I will just have to get the story from others. She contacted Bertha's younger sister, Mary, who was more than willing to be interviewed and tell the reporter all about what happened that cold night on the St. Croix River. She told her, Everyone on the St. Croix knows the ledge and knows the awful tales of shipwreck and death there. The river flows swiftly over sunken rocks, some of them dangerously near the surface. A boat passing the ledge during a storm was likely to strike the rocks and go to the bottom before aid could reach it. That cold October night, their father, who was the lighthouse keeper, was away at sea. In his absence, 19-year-old Bertha, 17-year-old Mary, and their mother were running the lighthouse. I almost froze my fingers that night bringing in the wood. I remember thinking, if it's like this in October, what will it be like in January? Outside, a storm was brewing. Mother sighed heavily and said, I can't help hoping my children will never marry sailors. It is terrible to feel, as I do every day, that one's husband and son are exposed to awful dangers so far away, and perhaps dying or dead. 
It's all well to sing inspiring songs about a life on the ocean's wave, but there are cruel facts which no romance can quite cover. Mother's words went straight to our hearts. Just then they heard the faint sound of a scream, carried by the howling winds. Mother rushed to the window, but after peering through it said, I can't see anything. It seems I've never seen so dark a night. Another piercing scream echoed over the water. It was a heart-rending cry, the sound of men's voices in agonized struggle. Mary rushed to the window, but she couldn't see anything. When I turned around, Bertha had thrown a shawl over her head and had gone to the door. Her pale face was agitated. A contest between life and death was going on right outside the very door. They are in trouble, whoever they are. I've got to go and save those poor drowning men. What do you mean? Mother demanded sharply. I mean, I'm going to take my boat and try and find those poor men. Mother said, You're too young, Bertha. You're not strong enough. Those men are wild with terror. They may upset your boat and drown you. I cannot let you. But you must, Mother. Mother's tears fell fast, but she couldn't forbid her brave girl to at least make a brave attempt to save those creatures in the extremity of human anguish, even if she felt she might be going forth to her death. In the pitchy blackness of the night and in the biting cold, Bertha launched her small rowboat. I sobbed with terror, and Mother and I watched from the shore as her boat disappeared into the darkness. Shivering on the shores, we could see nothing, and soon the roar of waters and the awful shrieks of the imperiled men drowned out the sound of Bertha's oars. In a time, the cries stopped. Out on the icy waters, Bertha found an overturned sailboat. A young man was clinging to it, almost dead. Unable to even pull himself into her small skiff, Bertha dragged him into her little boat. He immediately passed out on his floor. She then rowed around to the other side of the sailboat, where she found an older, overweight man, barely clinging to its side. She couldn't haul him into her boat because he was all tied up in the sailboat's ropes. It took her nearly an hour out on the icy waters to free the second man and finally row her little boat back to the shore. I'd never experienced so long an hour. By the time she made it to the shore, neighbors had assembled. They brought the men dry clothes, blankets, and hot drinks to warm them up. According to the St. Croix Courier newspaper, just before slipping into unconsciousness, one of the rescued men whispered, Oh my God, we're saved by a girl. After the story became famous across Canada, the federal government acted. Despite women not being allowed to be lighthouse keepers, the Attorney General passed a special exception to allow Bertha Boyd to become the new keeper of the light. They also agreed to pay her a salary of $120 a year, considerably more than the $80 a year her father had been paid. The government presented her with a gold watch with the inscription, in recognition of her humane exceptions in saving life on the St. Croix River. They also gave her a new boat inscribed with the words, Roberta Grace Boyd, Grace Darling of the St. Croix River. 
Bertha Boyd would remain the keeper of the Spruce Point Lighthouse for six decades. After her death in 1944, Vera Ailing wrote in the Telegraph Journal, The story of Bertha Boyd's heroism was an inspiration to tens of thousands of young girls. We should like to see the story of this New Brunswick heroine included in one of the school readers of this province for the children of future generations. In her life, there is a lesson. Bertha Boyd was buried in an unmarked grave. In an effort to draw more attention to her, in the hopes that someone might give her a proper headstone and put a monument near the area where the Spruce Point Lighthouse once stood, New Brunswick musician Mike Bravner and Bluebird recently recorded a song about Bertha Boyd called Grace Darling of the St. Croix River, which appears on his album, Have You Ever Heard the Story? Have you ever heard the story of a brave rescue so true on the evening of October the 8th in the year 1882 at Spruce Point Lighthouse on the St. Croix John Boyd, the keeper, had gone for the day leaving his daughter Bertha Grace in charge while away in the evening a storm arose and two men nearly lost their lives but Bertha Grace above the storm heard their plaintive cries out into the darkness she rode Guided by the light She found two men Clinging to their upturned boat that night She brought them safely to shore Two men's lives she did save She'll always be remembered for Her rescue so brave Grace, darling of the same cry, Bertha Grace Boyd was named. Grace, darling of the same cry, spread abroad her fame. Oh, Grace, darling of the same cry, Bertha Grace Boyd was named. Grace, darling of the same cry.
that was Backyard History with your host, Andrew McLean. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for another hidden story that happened in your own backyard. Produced by Jordan Lozier.